0: Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. All right, well, good morning, Crossroads Church. Good morning to those of you that uh, did not get out into this crazy weather. Um, I hope that you're still on your couch in your jammies, and I hope that you're sweating like I am, because that was some incredible worship. Um, thank you all for making it out, braving uh, the roads and the weather. Um, thank you to Joey and Roger and Romy for getting out there in the parking lot um, and helping show us where lines were to park. Um, you know, it's It's incredible. Um, the servants that we have here in our church, so I just thank you all for what you do. Well, I'm excited because uh, we're starting a new series today, and the the series is called, anyone, any guesses? Fearless. All right, come on. You got to say it like like you mean it, all right? Um, Yeah, it's fearless. That's the the series, and whenever I talk about the word fear, I love thinking about this one. So hap- what happened was they they picked up this young lady on, on an Uber drive, and so on the way to take her to her destination, um, the Uber driver said, "I'm going to take a shortcut," and the shortcut happened to be up over a mountain. And so as they were going up over this mountain, you could just hear the, the girl in the back seat getting kind of scared um, because you know there's I mean there's hardly any the lights, and all you could see was what the headlights would show. And then next thing you know, they come up over this one uh, turn and around a corner, and there's this huge tree falling across the road. I mean, it's so tight that it can't even, like, turn around and, and go back the other way. And so um, the driver says, you know, uh, hang on, let me go check out what's going on, see if I can push that out of the way. And so he gets out, and and you can see him pushing on this, this tree, and then All of a sudden, something grabs him and pulls him into the woods. All right, and this this young lady's still in the back seat, and all she can see is that and the headlights. And so then you you see the trees kind of uh, and bushes, you know, being thrown around, and and somebody's screaming, uh, crazy uh, screams. And then next thing you know, everything gets quiet. And then this, like, werewolf-looking guy, jumps out and throws himself up against the the front window, and there's blood on him, and so it smears on the, and so he starts going all the way around the car, and this girl is just freaking out. And so finally, he gets over to the passenger side, front door, and he opens it up, and it was unlocked. And he climbs in, and he climbs over the back seat, and this young lady, um, there was four doors in that car, all right? She didn't use any of them. She she tucked herself up in the corner and she's like just screaming, and this werewolf-looking monster is crawled over and he's and he's getting like like a, a foot from her, and he says, "Are you scared?" And she talks to the werewolf. She says, "Yes, I am," and then the werewolf says, "You shouldn't be," and she's like, "Why?" He goes, because, "Cause you're on Fear Factor," and then everyone comes out the movie set and. Well, you know what, when I think about sometimes our Christian life, I think that, you know, there's a lot of times where it seems like God's allowing our life to go in places like over the mountain, the trees in the way, the monster comes out and takes somebody that we care about. You know, I saw that happen in in scripture as well. Um, And here's what's amazing about scripture is, it says it. 365 times in some form or fashion fear not once for every day let me uh, tell you a story and, and read to you from daniel chapter 6 a story about a young man who when this story's happening is is not so young anymore and and how that he um experienced the fear factor and how he got through it so if you if you would find open up your bibles if you, if you grab one of the bibles that are underneath Um, The pews, it's page 915, and that's where Daniel 6 begins, 915, all right? So I'm going to start reading here. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. Basically, these are governors, and over them, three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Now, you remember about Daniel and his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were Hebrew children. They were taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar. And so here Daniel is now, he's 83 years old. He's still a leader. Matter of fact, when the uh, king, Darius, was looking for the, the wisest men, the uh, the three that he found, Daniel was one of those three. And so it continues in, in verse three, it says, then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for a complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could not find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was a faithful and he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. These men then said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O king Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed. The king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish this injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem, and he got on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God and he had, as he had done previously. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. And as he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in the tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. I wonder if there was a pause that Daniel put in there after the when the king called out for him and just maybe had that dramatic pause for about 30 seconds, and then he says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm, Was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded that those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions, so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. You know, today I wanna, share with you that story, and talk to you about the topic of being fearless in our faith. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, that that we would hear the words that you have given to us thousands of years ago, and God, I pray that we would hear the message that is relevant for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when I think about being fearless in our faith, everybody, based on the Bible, has a measure of faith. You've been given this. You can't say, well, not me. I don't have any. You might have just a little bit, and someone else may have a lot more. And what we know is that we can grow our faith. The Bible teaches us how to do this. And so that's what we need to do is grow our faith. But more important than the amount of faith that we have is what our faith is in. Now, especially in a time like this, the lakes are going to freeze over, and undoubtedly, someone's going to go out on that frozen lake. And they're going to be convinced that, you know what, that ice is six inches thick, and they're just going to walk and run around. And yet they're probably bringing a friend with them who's not convinced of that. And the way their friend gets out there on the ice is they get down, and they kind of start crawling. And if they hear any kind of weird noises, they spread themselves out so that they're, they're taking up less. While this other person's just running around. You know, a lot of us are like that in our faith in Christ. Some of us are just out there running, got our ice skates on, skating around, doing all kinds of flips and acrobatics. And some are just barely even getting out on the ice. Some are laying down, and, and they could barely even move because they're petrified. But we're going to learn from Daniel that we don't have to be that way. Matter of fact, when I look at this story of Daniel, I, I think about, um, you know, the liberal theologian's answer to the, the book of this story. You know, the first thing that um, liberal theologians do, and, and I don't know if you've ever encountered this, but there are people out there that have gone on to seminary and gotten many degrees, and yet they don't believe the Bible's true. They stand in pulpits and they preach every week, and they don't believe the Bible's true. They believe it's a good book. They believe Jesus was a good guy. And so when liberal theologians get a hold of the story of Daniel, and what they want to do is they want to discount the supernatural character of Scripture. Anytime you see something that's not normal, they don't want to give credit to God. They just, they want to find a man-made answer for it. And so when it comes to Daniel, they, they've got two solutions. One is the lions weren't hungry. Now, I don't, you know, wild animals that eat things, you know, I don't know when they're not hungry. But this is this is one solution. Or the other solution is that Daniel found a crevice and hid himself in between some rocks, and these lions all night long were trying to get him, but they couldn't because he was hidden in between the rocks. Now, I'm here to tell you that the Word of God is true. The 66 books that make up the Bible are true from cover to cover. They're inspired by the Holy Spirit, and because of that, we need to take a look at what God's Word says. But I, I want to tell you this, though. Sometimes when we read a story like Daniel, we imply it the wrong way. Here's what happens. When um, we think about the story of Daniel, uh, we think that every problem that we encounter in our life is a lion's den. I'm here to tell you, folks, it is not everything that you run into is not a lion's den. You'll know when you're in the lion's den. And You'll go, oh, okay, the, uh, those 52 other things weren't, weren't the lion's den. I get it now, God. Thank you very much. Or here's what we do is we don't realize that some of the lion's dens that we end up in are our own choosing. We create them. We do everything. We even throw ourselves into them. And so, um, you know, those are two things. And the last thing is this, that believing that it's God's will that you don't get harmed in the lion's den. Three very bad pieces of advice, three very bad ways to read the story of Daniel and think that every problem, every challenge, everything that you're going to face you're going to come out of it like Daniel. Because if if you just read uh, Peter and Paul's life, they encountered a lot of things, and and they didn't escape unharmed. And the reality is that, you know, there are some lion's dens that God doesn't want you harmed. There are some that you're going to get scratched. There are some that you're going to break a bone as you fall into it. So what do we do about this? Well, I believe that there's lessons that we can learn from Daniel chapter six, from this story about Daniel and the lions den. And, and so here's what our, the first story that uh, the the first lesson that we should learn is that evil people do evil things. Now, if you didn't figure that out during people problems, it, it's here again. Evil people in your life are going to do evil things to you. Here was Daniel and two other men. Three leaders over an entire, at that time, they controlled the world. And those two were jealous of Daniel. They were jealous. They they couldn't stand to be not second in charge. They didn't want to be third in charge. And so what did they do? They conspired together, and they said, hey, what could we find against Daniel? And you know what they found? That's right, nothing. Zip, zilch, nada. So, Because of that, they had this other plan, and they said, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to use his own belief, his own faith against him. And so they went, and they made that law up. They went to the king. They lied to the king, and they said, all of us have agreed. You know what? When all of you but one don't agree, that doesn't mean you all agree. And that's exactly what they took. They took to King Darius. And they told him, all of us have agreed and we think that you should be king for a month and that nobody else can pray to anybody else except you because you're really God. And Darius in his pride said, you know what? That's a good idea. I like you guys. I like the way you think. And so he signed that into law. And when that happened, those men went and they spied on Daniel. Here's the second lesson we need to learn and that is even in the lion's den, even when the evil people do evil things to us, we need to be faithful. You don't have a choice. You don't get to pick and choose when we're going to be faithful and when we're not going to be faithful. You don't get to pick and choose when you're going to live out the word of God and when you're not going to live out the word of God. Because every time you don't, there's consequences. you got to be careful. And so here's what it said. It said, Daniel, just like he'd always done, he went into his room, he got down on his knees, and he prayed to God. Not once, but three times a day. Morning, noon, and night. Morning, noon, and night. This was so easy for those guys. I imagine that they had found a house that, that sat a little higher than his, And that could see down into his window, and they were all there and they were watching him pray to God. And you know what I want to tell you? I don't believe that Daniel was going to God, Oh, God, you got to help me. You're not going to believe what these guys did. You're not going to believe the law that Darius just signed. You got to get me out of this. No. I think he was ready, 83 years old, he was ready to go see God. And he probably thanked God for the opportunity to be faithful. He probably thanked God the opportunity that he could live out his faith, that he wasn't going. Because he remembered a story about three other Hebrews that were thrown into a fiery furnace. Now, we don't know where Daniel was then. We assume he was out of country. Otherwise, he'd been standing with them. But here was his fiery furnace, only it was a lion's den. And they went back to the king, and they told the king what had happened. And the king was heartbroken. Why? Because he was about to put Daniel in charge of everything. Because he saw Daniel. He saw that God blessed him. He saw that Daniel was faithful in his faith. And he knew that if he allowed Daniel, because the one third that Daniel was in charge of was more prosperous than the other two thirds. And he knew that if he put Daniel in charge of everything, that same blessing would come. And here he was tricked. And so the law of the Medes and Persians, and so as the Medes and Persians united, they had two different sets of laws, and that's why they made the law up that says once one is made, you can't counteract it. And he knew he was stuck. And so they came back to him at the end of the day, and they said, Hey, king, what are you going to do? The law says. So he said, Go get Daniel. They took him to the lion's den. They threw him into the lion's den. And right before that happened, the king said something amazing to Daniel. He said, may the God that you serve so faithfully protect you. The heathen had more faith than some of us. So they throw them into the lion's den, and then here, here's what we need to remember. There's another lesson to learn, that when you're in the lion's den, God's got this. He knows right where you're at. You don't have to remember, hey, uh, God, lions, evil people, he knows. He knows everything, and he's got this. And, and here's what's crazy there are people that are going to come into your life and they're going to see the wheels of life fall off. They're going to see that you have to battle cancer. They're going to see that that you get sick or they see that you lose your job. And what's crazy is some of your unsaved friends have more faith in your faith than you do. They'll tell you, you know what? I, I, I don't understand why this happened to you, but I know every time something like this happens, you come out better than you went in. Now, I know that doesn't make all of us feel better. But it's amazing that those around us that work with us, that we don't, that have never made any kind of profession, see our God sometimes stronger than we do. And that's what happened with King Darius. And I'm here to share with you that God has got this. And not only does he have this, but God will be glorified. The only way that God won't be glorified in our lion's den is if we lose our faith. I don't know, have y'all seen that here recently, that there are many um, Christian leaders that are renouncing their faith? Over the last four or five years, many very prominent authors, prominent musicians, prominent pastors, and they're renouncing their faith. God will never get the glory in that. And when you find yourself being tricked by evil people, when you find yourself being having your own Christianity, your own belief in God used against you, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's uh, with your friends or family members, when that starts happening, if you lose your faith, that, that's the only way that God is not going to be glorified. You got to keep your faith. And remember, it's not how much faith you have. It's what your faith is in. I don't care how much faith you've got in a boat that's taken on water. You're sinking. Oh, I know it's not going to really, you know, we're not going to head back for home yet. Doesn't matter what the lion's den looks like. Keep your faith. Remember who your faith is in. See, he gave us 66 different books with story after story like Daniel that show us that he will be there. He will rescue us. He will allow us sometimes for bad things to happen to us, but he will never forsake us. He will never leave us. But we got to keep our faith. We got to be fearless in our faith. Well you, you you probably think oh you know what that was 2700 years ago I need something relevant I need something today I need some 2021 fearless in my faith and and so let me take you to an, another passage in the Bible and that is 1 Peter chapter 5 1 Peter chapter 5 and I'm going to, I, I want to read verses 8 through 10, but I want to start a little bit earlier in verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says these words, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. That's what Daniel did. He humbled himself before the mighty hand of God. He didn't fall for the, the lies that the evil people did. He still got on his knees and he prayed, even though he knew what it meant. He knew that it was gonna end his life. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. If you're in here today and you don't realize that the creator of the world cares about you, that is a bad place to be. God loves you. He cares for you. He wants the best for you. But he needs you to be fearless in your faith. And then in verse eight, it says, be sober minded, be watchful because your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, here's what I want you to understand is the devil doesn't wake up with your name on his list. He's just out there. And when he finds you in a compromised position, he's coming. Uh, there, There was a video not too long ago I saw, and there was these, um, I don't know, two uh, gazelles, they were fighting. They were like, and they were kind of lo- like locked head to head. And and about 700 yards away, you could see this lion just perk up his ears. And then next thing you know, he starts trotting. And then he starts running. And those gazelles, instead of looking around, looking for the enemy, they were fighting each other. And then when it was t- too late, one of them, got taken down and eaten. You know what? That lion didn't care which one he got. And I'm here to tell you that the Satan doesn't care who he gets. He just wants to devour those of the Christian faith. He wants you to compromise your life. He wants you to give up on God. He wants you to have more faith in him than you have in Jesus Christ. Because really, that's what we're doing when we won't stand up and be recognized as a Christian, we're saying we got more faith than we do in our testimony. In verse nine, it says, resist him firm in your faith, just like Daniel. Be strong in your faith. Resist him in your faith. Does it matter how much faith you have to resist with? All right, let me try this again. Does it matter how much faith you have to resist with? doesn't because what matters is what your faith is in that's right and when your faith is in christ that's so resist him firm in your faith in christ knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world worship team if you'll come back up now listen to me while they're coming up here listen to what 1 Peter five verse ten says, "It says, and after a little while, now, folks, I just I'm gonna be honest with you. Those are the worst words that you want to hear from God. It's gonna be a little while, Ronnie. You know, because I've read in the Bible where a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Which one is it, God? But He says this: that after a little while, God will restore, confirm." strengthen and establish you. The exact same thing that he did for Daniel. He restored Daniel to his place, and he ended up being the entire ruler. He confirmed Daniel in front of King Darius and all the people who were responsible for throwing him into the lion's den. He strengthened and he established. He established him so much that Daniel remained in control for the next couple of dictators. Dictators. Man, the lion's dens that we're facing are so small compared to what Daniel went through. The lion's den that we face here in America as Christians is puny compared to what those in China, those in Africa, those in some other foreign countries are experiencing. See, when they say that I'm a Christian, they lose their job. They're cast out of their family. They sometimes are losing their lives. We say we're a Christian and we might not get a promotion. And it's not until you don't get the promotion that you realize, you know what, this is a much better schedule. And I'm still making the same money. Here's the truth, folks. If you will remain strong in your faith, God, not Ronnie, not your boss at work, not the loan officer at the bank, God will restore you. God will confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. Will you stand to your feet? Today's the day. You are here for a reason. What is it that you're afraid of? What is it that the enemy is? is crawling across the back seat and he's like right here in your face and he says are you scared and you start talking to the enemy and you say yes i am and yet you don't see the lion of judah standing behind him and he's telling you you shouldn't be are you scared because of cancer You shouldn't be. Are you scared because you're not getting the hours you want at work? You shouldn't be. Are you scared because your car is broken down and you have no means to get it fixed? You shouldn't be. God's got this. And if you will remain strong in your faith, your faith, no matter how small it is, if you will remain strong in that, God will restore you. He'll strengthen you. He'll confirm you. He will establish you. Folks, you don't get the testimony without going through the test. If you're not willing to take the test, you everybody wants, I wish I had a testimony like him or her. No, you don't. Because you haven't walked in their shoes. You don't know what it's like when everybody walks out on you. You don't know how lonely it feels when it seems like everything and all you want to do is take your life. But yet you see them a year later, two years later, five years later, and you're convinced that's what I want to be like. You'll never be like that unless you let God work in your life. Unless you let God deliver you from the lion's den. Every head bowed and every eye closed and just I, I just want I'm going to ask you one question who right now is facing something and you need some more strength in your faith raise your hand keep them up I'm going to pray for you when I'm done praying the worship team is going to just lead us to the throne. Lord you see the hands and you see the hearts and you see the lives you see the families that are rec- recognized by each one of these. God, I ask that you would just right now, that you, would just like you sent that angel into the lion's den with Daniel, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch each one of these folks. God, and meet them right where they're at and show them right what they need to see so that they will understand that God, you are powerful. And all the people said, As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.